Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Because education is one of our 10 core values, we prioritize offering it in many different ways. We host seminars, not only for our clients, but also for the general public. We have special interest groups that offer education in specific areas that are also open to the community. And of course, we have our two radio shows, Money Sense, that has been on air for over 34 years, and that focuses more on financial information. And then, of course, this show, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, that focuses on sharing the great work that nonprofits are doing in our community. Now, we explore a number of different topics. Some of them can be tough to discuss and listen to because maybe it hits home for you, or maybe it's a problem that our community or our world is dealing with, like poverty or mental health issues. Maybe we discuss some things that you might not be 100% sure of, which happens from time to time. We obviously can't please everyone with everything we talk about, but our goal is to share information, and then you, our listening audience, can take Take that information and ideally share what you've learned with others so that more people can be aware of these great organizations we interview and the great things that they're doing and that you'll want to get involved in some way to make a difference yourself. According to Nelson Mandela, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. So let's get started. My first guests today are Marcus Smith, President, and David Zarling, Vice President of Heartbeats, Inc., which is a nonprofit that provides support through awareness and fundraising for organizations that aggressively focus their efforts on benefiting abundant life for the most vulnerable. Welcome to the show today, Marcus and David. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us. This is a beautiful spot. You are welcome. I'm happy to have you here and learn all about Heartbeats. Why don't you first tell us how Heartbeats Inc. got started? Well, um, back when I was dating my wife, this is uh, going to go back a ways, but uh, she was babysitting the kids of Dave and his wife, and uh, she brought me along, and uh, that's how I met Dave. And then I say that because it fast forward to like 2017, I was in uh, charge of a Wells Softball League, and uh, we started doing a mid-season fundraiser for either like a family or one of the churches in the uh, in the league, and then uh, that went well. And then 2019 came, and I saw the uh, New York Senators all clapping about their abortion bill, and I uh, just decided, you know, we I'd like to do something in regards to that. Um, then I got in touch with um, my wife's cousin, who's a pastor, and we talked about it. And then I got in touch with uh, Wells Lutherans for Life. And then we did. Uh, we ended up doing the fundraiser that season for um, for them, and uh, I wanted to take it one step further too and make it you know a, as big an event as you know I felt I could put on at the time. And I uh, got in touch with with Dave. I just sent, sent him a text on a random day, like I don't talk to him. <laughs> you know, I just know who he is. <laughs> you know, and I said, "Hey, I need five minutes of your time. Do you mind giving me a call when you get a chance?" And um, 
he he said yes and he called me later that night it was like around 5 30 i think i remember the time too like 5 32 at night and uh just told him what i was looking to do and he said uh, that's really interesting because we were just talking about that at our partners meeting that morning you know about just what can you do and i think that's a question that a lot of people do have and have no idea where to go or what to do so i felt that's what we should do is teach people where to go and what to do so he knew he had a friend by the name of brian davison i'm gonna you know drop his his uh, band right there coin a but i said they're a local christian band i said hey can you introduce us so i can see if they would want to come to try to make our event for that softball year um, a little bit better and i met with him and uh he said that they were kind of just winding down their shows they didn't want to do anything small anymore and i said all right well let's do something big so then that's when we decided um <laughs> You don't want to do something small? We'll do something big. Right. right. So we went from like a little pavilion to an outdoor amphitheater. And in three months, we put on our first show and uh, it went great. And then uh, the next year we started doing, uh, becoming a nonprofit, a full nonprofit. And here we are working on our sixth year. So Mm. just all came together. Now, after one year, we thought that'd be it. But here we are, still going. So Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, share with us what your mission is, and then how do you raise the funds? Sure. Uh, it's pretty simple. It's going back to what Marcus is talking about. It's really about taking action. So when we think about some of the issues of our day, there's really four main pillars that we've identified, and that's foster care and adoption, um, pro-life and pregnancy counseling, combating human sex trafficking, and depression counseling and suicide prevention. These are what we view as to be the, the scourges of our generation. Like these are things that we want to be paying attention to and raising awareness on. And we, we just want to raise awareness to these issues, but also to the experts that, can, that handle these issues that are on the front lines dealing with these issues and bringing Jesus as part of that process, mm. part of the solution process. When we talk about God telling us we should love, he says not just through words and, and speeches, we should do that through actions yes. and in truth. And so that's what we want to be about is supporting organizations that combat these issues with Jesus on the front lines. Mm, I love that. Um, so tell us more about the awareness then and the events specifically that you run. Well, I think more than just awareness, I think people in general are aware of you know, what we call pro-life issues that they just went over. But it's more making people aware of local Christian organizations that actually run in those lanes and making them aware like, hey, there are actual resources here for you and um, here they are and we're going to spotlight those. So when we run events like uh, like Beats for Heartbeats where we have a musical Christian music concert every year, um, people get to come, they have their booths, they have their tents, all their um, merchandise, stuff like that that they can go and learn. And I mean, if you, even if you are not personally affected by that, you know somebody that probably is, and uh, even if you come into a future circumstance, you say, "Hey, I, I know where you can go." Yeah, it's all about building help. awareness. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and then so the events that you run are they specifically musical concerts? Then no, we also have a what we call drives for lives that happens in the spring. Typically, the concert happens in the fall. People should go to Heartbeats, um, beatsforheartbeats.com to find out more about those. But that's an indoor golf outing. A lot of people are familiar with outdoor golf outings. This is indoor. It's virtual. We typically do it during the NCAA tournament. Ah, And it's a great combination of getting together, having fellowship, and then talking about these issues and these organizations and raising funds. Okay. So uh, 
you must partner with other organizations to help you with these events or carry out your mission, correct? Yeah, so we we run the events. Uh, Marcus does an amazing job getting our Christian concert done. But as far as the experts that we want to partner with, there's uh, Seed of Hope who helps with pregnancy counseling. There's Christian Family Solutions that helps with depression counseling. There's uh, ECFA. There's Operation Underground Railroad that helps combat sex trafficking. That's the most national of the four. The other three are much more localized in dealing with issues here in Wisconsin. Okay, so you are partnering with four organizations that tap into those pillars that you specifically want to bring awareness to. Absolutely. Okay, that sounds straightforward, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we talk about how great it is for nonprofits to partner with each other for the greatest possible impact because no nonprofit can be everything to everyone. You need to stick to what you do well and then partner with others who stick with what they do well and then come together to offer the best possible support to the population you serve, in this case, four key areas, right? Uh, Let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about what some of these important issues are that the partners of Heartbeats are dealing with. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Marcus Smith and David Zarling from Heartbeats, Inc. So let's talk more about some of the important uh, or key issues that the organizations you partner with and or support are dealing with. So that uh, kind of goes back to what we, we talked about earlier, but um, we have kind of four lanes that we that we are just stuck with. Um, I'll just kind of go over this quickly, but abortion and um, pregnancy counseling, adoption, uh, suicide and depression, and then sex trafficking. So what we look to do is work with local organizations and um, Christian organizations that put Jesus first, you know, and are very unapologetic about it and put them in their lanes. And that's where we kind of skew people towards so that they can go get the proper help that they need. I think some of the issues that these organizations are dealing with, when we think of things like depression, and you talked about there might be things that hit home for your listeners, any number, it could be one in 10 that suffer from depression. So most likely someone listening to this is dealing with something and we're here to tell them that they are worthy of love, like first and foremost, but there's these organizations out here that can help them through tough times. Um, I think of a, a... a group like Christian Family Solutions, they have professional counselors on hand and you can reach out to them and be they can help you through this process because it's a real thing. And, and, and I understand it's kind of a taboo, taboo topic, right? Telling someone with depression, can't you just get over it? It's kind of like telling someone who has a broken arm, can't you just get over it? Right, right. It's not that easy. These are seasons of life. Uh, and like I said, most people that are listening to this have probably gone through something like that. And so we want to partner with resources that can be there uh, because maybe maybe I'm not an expert at doing that. Or I think about pregnancy counseling. Am I the best option? Probably not. But I can tell you some organizations that have some tremendous individuals that are helping with that. Exactly. And that's the importance of collaboration. Absolutely. Because, again, not everybody can do everything. Yeah. But we're called to do something. Yes. And what your something is is to tap into those four areas that you've defined already as your pillars and just say, 
you know, hey, the, we've got resources available and we're here to share it. And that's really why we do the show. You know, we want to make sure that people are aware of the resources that are in the community and uh, so that they can take advantage of it. And as you said, maybe maybe you're dealing with an issue in one of those areas that you guys have defined as your pillars. Maybe you know of somebody. Uh, maybe you don't know of somebody and you're not dealing with it yourself, but Maybe there's going to be a situation in the near future where you will be able to take that information you've learned today and share it with someone. And that could be that one thing that makes a difference. Um, and I assume that's why you think it's so important to put your name out there, right? 100%. Yeah, for sure. And and more so than that, too, I feel like that makes people you know, leaders in the community, too, when they see, hey, there's people that are actually putting their name out there with this. And, like, they're not afraid to say Jesus' name you know, out on a big stage or on a radio show like this. And it gives them confidence to do the same. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I people come on as guests and say, can I talk about, um, you know, my relationship with God? Can I talk about prayer? Can I talk about blessings? And I say, absolutely. Again, maybe somebody listening doesn't agree with that, and that's okay. But we're uh, we're not going to hide. You know, we're going to speak our truth, and hopefully that resonates with some people. 100%. I'm sure you run into some resistance or challenges uh, or have along the way. What makes you so excited to keep doing this year after year? You know, one of the things, I guess, for me are more, um, the more that we do this, the more that people come up to me and say, like, how much this has actually impacted them. And, And a lot of them are more towards you know, family, like I've got a pretty big family. Um, and a lot of them go through like a lot of the issues that we talk about. But uh, one of the things that really resonates with me is seeing my kids get excited about um, being a voice and, uh, you know, standing up for Jesus. And I think that's super cool. Um, so that that's one thing right there that's personal to me that makes me keep going. Absolutely. I think being able to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of an unborn baby that can't speak for themselves, or a child that's being sexually exploited that can't speak up or doesn't even know where to start about speaking up about this, partnering with organizations that do this, that speak up in the name of Jesus for others, it's super motivating. Absolutely. Advocacy. Yes. Is Amen. Big. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I'm just curious about the concerts because I'm a music lover. Listen to K-Love all the time, 100%. And uh, for those that love Christian music, give us a little bit of an idea about these concerts. Um, well, so again, these are these concerts are not meant to be controversial. They are meant they're they're they are meant to find their celebration of life. Right, their celebrations of life. Thanks, Dave. And uh, it's more having a community of people that can say, hey. I don't care what religion you are or what sect of religion you are. We're all here together to celebrate Jesus' forgiveness and mercy on us. Mm. And uh, it's just a great way to you know worship and praise our, our Savior. Yeah. So, yeah. And so do they typically happen in the fall? Typically in the fall. And we've done them in variations as far as length. Okay. But typically it's multi-band. And nice. we try to bring in someone national okay. that many are on K-Love. So you would actually have an appreciation. We bring in some locals and we have some local bands and we have side bands uh, but all of them are are singing um, songs that are centered on their personal Jesus uh, pathway or topics of our day and so we've had it's been fun each year to have different artists come in so it's typically different 
there's a couple bands that are the same, but it's outdoors. It's there's bounce houses there. It's it's kind of like a fest. We've got food trucks. Nice. You know, people come to these things. It's 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 really is a celebration because some of these, like you said, these topics are hard mm-hmm. and they can be Debbie Downer. Yeah. But we're there to say, no, look, there's hope. Exactly. There's exactly. hope here. Yeah, it's kind of have a our own little life fest here in in yes. Milwaukee. Yes. Uh, don't, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Oshkosh concerts on here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, but uh, Stop. we don't have our. <laughs> We have our own local presence, and so do they typically take place at the same venue? Yeah, so every year it's been at the Washington County Fairgrounds. Okay, very, very nice. Okay. Um, well, let's talk future then. What what does it look like for Heartbeats? You're a young organization. Um, what do you hope for for the future? You know, we've talked a lot about uh, making this national. Um, I know that there's been a couple people you know, across the nation that have heard about us that uh, are interested in trying to bring something like this to their area, which is very cool to see. Um, but outside of that, there's some programs that are coming out that uh, you know, we're starting to discuss about how we can be more impactful right here with our own organization too. So there's a lot of cool things that are coming. And I would say I would invite those listening to this to visit beatsforheartbeats.com because there is a volunteer sign-up. If you want to get involved in something like this, and you're not just sure, you you know these issues are real you know you want to do something about them you're not an expert in them but you might be willing to do some work at one of these events right or maybe you have a special uh niche in helping to getting the word out the more we can do this together the better right thank you Jill <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that having us on this show and getting the word out uh but they can donate they can go on there and donate um tax deductible donation that the proceeds go towards these organizations. Well, on that note, as we close out the segment, uh, tell people how they can do that. For somebody wanting to learn more about Heartbeats, Inc., where should they go? Your socials, uh, do you have a, a website, phone number, and how can people donate? For sure. They're, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, Beatsforheartbeats.com is the best place to go. They can donate directly through there, but we also have sponsors like if you're if you're part of an organization or maybe a company that believes in this mission, you can also support that way on a on a bigger level than. But we have monthly donations. You can be a sponsor. You can give one time. That's the best way. Marcus, you have anything to add to that? No. And then um, I mean, if I mean, there's more than just financial ways to to help out for sure. Uh, we have a church ambassador program where you can, you know, have extra fun things that you get as, as the leader there of your church to try to bring more people to our concerts. Um, that's, I mean, information, like you said earlier, is is very powerful. So getting people there so they can learn and know where to go is a huge thing for us too. So Yeah, and if you're a music lover mm-hmm. like myself and you want to be a part of that and, and do something, you can just raise your hand and say, I want to help, just put me to work, right? Yes. I assume you can use people like that. 100%. Are you volunteering right now? I am. I've got Excellent. it. Okay, we've got it. You know, we can go back to this interview and reference if we need Signed to. up. <laughs> Sign me up. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Jill. Yeah, well, thank you guys for being here today and for sharing your mission and your passion for the work that you do. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for helping us get the word out. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're going to actually talk with one of the partners that Heartbeats works with in our second half of the show. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after a short commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. 
Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. And my next guests today are Dana Hauser, Wisconsin District Coordinator, and Doreen Gelden, Adoption Social Worker, from the Evangelical Child and Family Agency. Welcome to the show today, Dana and Doreen. Excited to be here. Yes, definitely. Well, we're excited to have you and learn all about the ECFA. So why don't you give us a brief history to start out? Okay. So as Jill said, um, our full name is Evangelical Child and Family Agency, but it's long, so we're just going to refer to ourselves as ECFA going forward. So history of ECFA goes back, the vision started in about 1946, which is a long time ago, um, when a newborn baby girl was left in a paper carton inside one of the doorways of Moody Bible Institute. And um, because of that, uh, a committee of people back down in Chicagoland got together and they wanted to consider the challenge of providing services to families that might be seeking Christian foster care adoption like this little girl's mom was. And so um, in 1950s, as when um, ECFA actually got started, it took a few years to get that nonprofit going. But um, fast forward to May 1st of 1984 is when the first ECFA Wisconsin office opened in the Milwaukee area. So our agency since then has grown drastically. Not only do we provide adoption services, but we also provide pregnancy support services to families who just need a little bit of extra support during their pregnancy and after their child is born. We also have expanded our adoption services beyond just domestic adoption, and we also do international adoption. Wow. Okay. Well, the guys talked in the first couple segments about four pillars that they focus on, and one of them was, of course, pregnancy, uh, the area of pregnancy and all that goes with that. Um, But before we get into that, tell us what your relationship with Heartbeats is. Okay. Well, um, last year, they reached out to us, and they selected us to be one of four agencies that they wanted to participate in their Beats for Heartbeats event. And um, so we were invited to set up a table at the event and to have a platform to spread the word about who we are and what we do through our programs. And so they have a goal at that event to raise money um, at above and beyond what the cost of the event is, and hopefully then also help support each of those four agencies financially. And they've just been an amazing conduit to connect people with life-affirming organizations such as ours. And we're so excited. We got invited back again this year, and we hope to continue to just work with them for many years forward um, and continue that partnership because it's been wonderful. Yeah, I already went on record here to say I'm volunteering because I think it's going to be a great event when we um, uh, when we get involved. So if, if you're listening again and you like music and you want to get involved, then... Um, you know, take a take a look at that, uh, and then you'll for sure see ECFA there. Um, what what impact does ECFA have in southeastern Wisconsin? Well, our desired impact is that we want to affirm life and build families, heal relationships, and restore families. And um, that really rings true to me because before I came to ECFA, I was an ongoing child welfare case manager in Milwaukee for three and a half years. And many of my clients that I served during that time have very similar challenges to the clients that we currently serve. And some of those challenges include financial and housing insecurity, addiction, um, domestic violence, mental health, and lack of support. And as a child welfare case manager, I just really felt hopeless because at the point that I encountered the families I worked with back then, their children had already been removed from their care. So I really was looking for an agency 
where I could be on the preventative front line and come alongside families to offer hope and support and hopefully prevent the trauma of child welfare involvement. Mm. You know, at ECFA, we believe that every child has the right to live in a secure and loving family environment where their emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual needs are met. And we accomplish this primarily through our Pregnancy Support Services Program because we have 24-7 on-call for emergencies for our clients. We meet with them in their home or in the community, um, try to be flexible with them, education on pregnancy support, um, birth options, child development, parenting, and healthy relationships, along with goal setting. And, of course, baby items because babies need lots of things when, even though they're little. Last year, we approximately gave out 5,000 diapers and we also focus on child safety. So if a family needs a car seat or a pack and place so their child has a safe place to sleep, we provide those as well. And I think the best way to represent our pregnancy support program is through a client story. So um, I'm gonna refer to this client as Carmen just to protect her identity. She was referred to us um, by CareNet Milwaukee in spring of 2022. She was pregnant and had recently moved to Wisconsin from New York with her little one-year-old boy. And she only came, they only came with their clothing, but they had family here in the Milwaukee area. She was fleeing a domestic violence situation. So when she came, she needed housing, she needed basic things to set up her home, and she needed guidance to apply for local community resources because she was new to the area. So I asked her what her stress level was at that point. She said it was a nine out of 10, given mm. her circumstances. Yeah. And so with support, she quickly obtained housing, and I was able to assist with purchasing those items, such as kitchenware and cleaning supplies so that she could set up her new home with the generous donation of Walmart gift cards from our donors. We also provided diapers for her son and information about birth to three services for him and renter's rights because she was already starting to have issues with her new landlord, unfortunately. Mm. So, but eventually she moved into a different house and it's in a safer neighborhood and a landlord that came highly re recommended from a coworker. And today she's still enjoying her beautiful home she created for her son and her daughter. And she recently shared with me that, um, I was actually surprised to hear this because it was like quite a while after we've been working together. It was pretty recent. She said she considered an abortion with her daughter's pregnancy just given the overwhelming circumstances that she was facing at that time. And she said she looks at her daughter now and she can't even imagine considering that option for a moment. And she stated she owes her daughter's life and her improved circumstances to the relationship with ECFA and all the resources and support that we've been able to provide for her. Mm, mm, that's wonderful. That's got to be very meaningful to you and, and fulfilling, really, to kind of testify to the work that you do and the difference that you're making in people's lives. So the different ways that you offer support obviously cost money. So tell us about how your program is funded and supported and maybe some of the fundraising events that you have going on. Sure. So we don't receive any state or federal funding. Um, we provide all of our services free to our clients. So um, that way um, we can provide services to clients like Carmen due to the generosity of individual donors, business sponsors, and churches who financially support us. And so, and we also have the three major fundraising events each year. In the spring, we have our annual banquet, which um, is just a time to celebrate kind of what um, ECFA been able to accomplish in the last year. We have like clients that come and give a testimony. We'd have it just a time of celebration and getting together kind of just going over the last year. And then late in the summer, usually September, we have a bike and hike event, which is a very family friendly event. People come out, they bike and walk, rollerblade. 
um, and they raise sponsorship for however far they want to go. And it's at the Glacier Drumlin Trail at Bethesda Park. And then after everybody comes back to the shelter, we have like a really nice family picnic and family-friendly games, and um, it's just a really fun event. And then our third event is our auction, which is usually hosted in November. And we have a silent auction of about 150 items and experiences that have all been donated that we get to auction off. And you don't have to be there in person to participate. You actually like bid on the silent auction items and like from the comfort of your home if you want. You don't want to get out of your pajamas and dress up and come to the <laughs> dinner. That's fine. And then we have a live auction for those that um, come in person. It's usually about 13 items, usually our highest ticket items and, and experiences. And it gets the bidding wars get pretty <laughs> like exciting. So <laughs> it is a wonderful evening of people, just good food and fellowship and, and raising money for the work that we get to do. So yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, the other program that Evangelical Child and Family Agency offers is an adoption program. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to dive into that when we return. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking with Dana Hauser and Doreen Gelden from the Evangelical Child and Family Agency. So, Doreen, it's your turn. Uh, the other program that EFCA offers is their adoption program. So can you tell us about that? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, we have actually five adoption programs that we have. Um, the first one is Wisconsin Domestic, and that's the one that works very closely with our Pregnancy Support Services Program. So if a birth parent chooses adoption for their child, um, they're able to view profiles of my families and ad other adoptive families and have the opportunity to meet with the family. They'd like to raise their child. We help facilitate the start of that relationship and continuing of that relationship. Um, the second one is called Interstate or ICPC. It is where families utilize our agency for the home study and post-placement services, but they're adopting from another state. And they will use a domestic placing agency that is responsible for matching families with infants from the various states that we're involved with. The third one would be private, and that's families who have an existing relationship with an expectant birth mother prior to engaging in services with us. Again, they use us for the home study and post-placement services, um, but the pre and, and the expectant mother can also be involved with our pregnancy support services uh, area if she chooses to do that. The fourth would be international. That's like almost half of my caseload many times. That's where we again do the home study and post-placement services but the families are adopting from another country and they will work with an international placing agency that's responsible for matching them with orphans in other countries. And the fifth and final one is embryo adoption, and that's where families will utilize us for the home study and post-placement services when they desire to use donated embryos to achieve a pregnancy. And with that option, they identify an agency that's responsible for matching families with uh, available embryos. Okay, so you've got five nice programs that you offer if somebody is interested in this area of adoption. Mm -hmm. um, 
so tell us who's eligible then to adopt from EFCA. Okay, we are an evangelical child and family agency. So actually anyone who's part of the evangelical Christian community and is actively involved in a Protestant evangelical church, they really need to be within 100 miles radius of our office in New Berlin. Um, Married a minimum of two years if they're married, but we also serve Christian singles. The home must meet the state of Wisconsin foster care licensing standards. And the couple has to agree with our agency's values and beliefs, which are on our website. Okay. All right. And so uh, you talked a little bit about this home study and that the families have to complete a home study. Tell us what that consists of. Okay. Basically, it is uh, some state uh, home study questionnaires that are required background checks on the individuals, references, and then three interviews usually with me or the adoption worker um, where we will basically assess the family in terms of their childhood backgrounds, their marriage relationship, their financial base, parenting philosophies, just to assure that the family can offer a stable and loving home environment to a child. And also they have to have medical exams completed. A lot of those are just state requirements for any adoption. That you want to complete. Okay, okay. So basically everybody has to, you know, the, the home study program Correct. is not unique. I mean, basically Correct. everybody has to do that. Okay. Right. Well, what does make uh, EFCA's adoption program unique? I think really the personal care and attention that we give to our adoptive parents, we truly come alongside them during the whole process with prayer and genuine care and support and hand-holding sometimes if it's needed. We provide a family atmosphere because we're a small agency. So we, uh, you know, are interconnected every day with one another in our lives. We, I have a support group online through Facebook for my adoptive families. We have mentoring between experienced families and new families that come into the program. We also provide training from a Christian perspective. The state requires six hours of in-classroom training for any first-time adoptive parents. So we provide that, and actually our training is led by ECFA adoptive parents, which is really cool. Uh, we also do an annual picnic and have other activities like Bucks, Brewers, games, just fellowship time getting together. But honestly, it's the the true support and love we give to these families, many having been through very inf- very difficult infertility journeys and just coming alongside, showing empathy, showing love, showing true uh, care. I think that's what makes us very unique. Mm, and all that is so, so important. Well, we love to hear stories of impact, uh, just to really make the things that you're talking about resonate with the audience. Do you have any that you could share with us today? I've actually got two that I'd love to share. One is domestic and one is international. On the domestic front, we'll call it the S family. They had always desired a larger family. They talked about adoption before marriage. After going through the home study process and waiting for a year and a half, an expectant, placement-minded mom chose to meet them. After looking at various profile books, the two parties met, and that solidified the birth mother's decision to place. That relationship grew. We were involved in helping that occur. And the S family spent time with birth mother and her extended family prior to birth. The birth mom wanted them at the birth, and they were there. And after 36 hours of labor and not making progress, the doctor decided to perform a C-section. 
That baby was born not breathing, not moving, and with a very faint and low heartbeat. The doctor performed CPR, and the baby was put on a ventilator and feeding tube to stabilize his condition. It was pretty serious. The doctor was concerned about damage to the brain, so decided on a three-day protocol of cooling the baby's body down to try and protect his brain and pr promote healing. And that's when we reached out to our community to pray to pray for this mom, to pray for the baby, the whole situation. And after three days, that baby went off the ventilator, eventually had his feeding tube removed, left the NICU in 10 days after birth, amazing all those nurses and doctors. And I was with the family a lot during that time, praying with them, encouraging them, just being there for them, showing compassion and empathy. And um, that baby's doing wonderful right now. No developmental issues, just amazing, miracle. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and the message, prayer works. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Community prayer, yeah. individual prayer, intercessory prayer, all that good stuff. That's, Amen. That's great. That's Amen. a wonderful ending to that story. And can I talk about my international absolutely. family? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to call them the F family. They had two biological children who were four and six years old, and they just felt their family was not complete. Um, and they saw profiles of a 14- and 16-year-old sibling group who had been in an orphanage since ages 4 and 5 in Ukraine, and they wanted to pursue adopting them. Um, unknown to my family, the 16-year-old had been praying for a family all his life and had just given up on God answering that prayer of his. Mm. And that's kind of key in this story because God intervened. And those two were placed with my family, and they returned from Ukraine four months before this war started. Mm. And the orphanage that the children had been in was one of the first bombings of the Ukraine war. And that 17-year-old boy, had he been stay, still in Ukraine, who knows where he would have been. He would have been fighting, and who knows where he'd been to this day. But the adjustment has gone amazingly well, and the family's two younger children love having an older brother and sister, and they mm -hmm. loving love having their younger siblings. Um, the adopted children, I've talked with them many times. They're so thankful to be in the U.S. and with a forever family who loves and cherishes them, and they're making the most of every opportunity they have, and they really have bright futures. They're just an amazing family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I could hear those stories all day long. Oh, That's and I wonderful. could tell them. Yeah. My mom always said I should write a book because I've been with ECFA 32 years, and I've got wow. a lot of families. And, and that also credits ECFA. Why yeah. would I stay somewhere unless I absolutely loved what the organization stands for and what we do? So. Absolutely, and the impact that you make. Wow. Well, what would you say to someone who might be listening and would want to consider adoption, but they just aren't quite sure. Well, I would say what my last mom, the, the mom uh, that just, you know, the international adoption story I said, she said, tell them if God is leading them in any way at all, they need to pursue it. So get on the phone, call the agency, call ECFA. We'll be glad to tell you, you know, what we're about and, and come alongside you in the journey. Okay. Well, with that, why don't you close by giving us contact information? What's the best way to reach out, who to reach out to? Do you have social media platforms, uh, website? What What's the best way for people to reach you? Okay. Well, if you want to get the most information, go to our website. It's uh, ecfa 
WISC.org. So our initials, ECFA and the first four letters of Wisconsin.org. We also are on Facebook. So if you if you just search for ECFA Wisconsin, our Facebook page will pop up. And we are also on Instagram. So same, ECFA Wisconsin will find us there. Try to post regularly on social media a few times a week. Just kind of give you updates on what's happening. Um, uh, encouraging client stories. You can also... Uh, go on our website and then choose to um, subscribe to our e-newsletter, which goes out twice a month. And um, if you have any questions, you can call our office at 262-789-1881. And whoever answers the phone will direct you to the right person to talk to, whether you have questions about our adoption program or pregnancy support, or just how you can come alongside our agency and support the work that we get to do. Awesome. Great. Well, Thank you so much, uh, Dana Hauser and Doreen Gelden from the Evangelical Child and Family Agency. Also, I want to thank Marcus Smith and David Zarling from Heartbeats, Inc. I appreciate uh, all of you sharing today your mission, your vision, your purpose, your passion for the people that you serve. So thank you for being here today. Thank Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. You are very welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about specifically today, you can reach out to Heartbeats, Inc. or Evangelical Child and Family Agency directly, and they can help you or they can direct you to the right resource. If you happen to know of a great organization doing great work like our guests today, Uh, who work in our community that you think would be a great guest on the show. You can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are making a difference by contributing to making our community a compassionate and caring place to live. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio. You can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or you can now listen on demand, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. I quoted Nelson Mandela at the beginning of the show when I said, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. Well, we've provided some very interesting information today, and I hope you were educated on something that you may not have been familiar with. So now I encourage you to think about how you would like to make a difference in some way for someone in our community or beyond, and perhaps be that change that you would like to see in the world. I encourage you to find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today and make it a great day.